she read this Hopi poem. And it's a beautiful poem. And at the, the end of the poem, the very last line is, we are the ones we've been waiting for. And it, it still gives me chills when I say that line. Yeah, when she said that line, that is when I had like the biggest like aha moment. I was like, oh, I'm the one. I'm the one I've been waiting for. I am asking everybody for their advice and their opinions and their thoughts and their suggestions. And they all are good, but they don't always land right with me or, you know, I disagree or I don't know. And it's because, you know, they're giving me from their perspective. It just really landed like, oh, I need to really tune into myself. I am the one I've been waiting for. And so I bring that into like my work. You know, you are the one you've been waiting for. Like, yes, we all need partners and help and support. But at the end of the day, I don't have the answers. You have the answers. You already know. And sometimes we need to do a little clearing to get, you know, dust off the dust to get there. But um, we all have it. And I see that for myself, too, when I look back. Like, I had those answers. I knew. That's Amy Schuber. And I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day. And that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day Podcast. My guest today is Amy Schuber. Amy's a life and business coach. She's been working with, in particular, women leaders, entrepreneurs, and individuals for the past decade. She loves guiding women back to themselves with her strategic mind, savvy spirituality, and resources that she curates with straight-up smarts. She has an innate ability to see a client's true potential and strategies needed to unlock the possibilities within them. Amy's also the host of a fantastic podcast called Inspired Conversations. Full disclosure, she had me on it. Inspired Conversations brings insights from today's thought leaders and just experts across a variety of different areas that are all about a better you. She brings those insights to help us all live into our life and not just life, but business side and relationships and and really everything about our lives in the most conscious, mindful way. Amy truly believes in this beautiful quote that she talks about in the episode today. You are the one you've been waiting for. I love that. All right, let's get right into it because there's some great stuff here. You got to hear about her journey, the choices she had to make, the way that she grew as a human being to be able to be the coach and the, the show host that she is today. Amy Schubert, thanks for coming on tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. I would say tonight, and then I'm like, well, I don't know when someone's going to listen to this or when it's going to air, what time of the day, but I won't worry about it. Um, I'm psyched to have you on. You, uh, you, you and I were connected through um, Aaron Hawkins, and we have all these other people in common that we're connected to. We were just talking about that before recording, so this was just like, it was meant to happen, but you also had me on your show, and I'm super thankful for that and had a great time sharing with you. So thank you for coming back and returning the favor and, and being a guest on my show. Absolutely. I am excited to be here. And we had such a good conversation when we were talking for you on my show. So I love the exchange. So thank you. Cool. Um, you know, I, I'm very impressed by your work as a coach and what you're trying to do for other people. 
And of course, this show is not as simple as that. There's lots of great coaches out there who go on as guests or have shows. And it's just like, you know, here's the message you need to learn to move ahead. I kind of like to rewind before that and get into what brought people to that point in the first place. And you totally have one of those stories. Like you took a big leap, you put yourself out there and you created that path yourself in a, I will say a pretty bold, courageous kind of way. And I'd love for you to just like, take us through that. You know, what, what, what is that journey that you went on to get to this place of, of, you know, recognition and success that you're in right now? You know, it's interesting. It's so interesting to look back because it's so much clearer for me now when I look back and see how it is, right? Yeah, of course, hindsight. (laughs) But, um, you know, when you start articulating it and sharing it, it's like, wow, this has really brought me to now. And at the time, I wouldn't have maybe trusted it or known it because it seems so crazy and, and almost like painful at the time. But I, you know, I was one of those people that I grew up and I followed all the rules. I did what I was supposed to do. Um, I was like a good kid and graduated from high school, went to college, graduated from college, got a job like I was supposed to do. And um, I grew up in Southern California and I went away to school. And then from school, I I moved to San Francisco with some friends. I got a job and um, transferred with a job up there because I got a job in Southern California first. And then I transferred with that job and moved into the city. And, um, you know, I, I felt like I was checking all the boxes, doing what I was supposed to be doing. And um, and it was great. You know, I, I spent my 20s in San Francisco with some amazing friends and created some amazing um, opportunities and and life stories and life experiences, you know, but then when you get into the grind of it and work and changing jobs and moving up the ladder, I was just finding myself super unfulfilled. And there was a time when, you know, I I worked in these amazing companies, but it was also a strange time because like there were hiring freezes, so you couldn't move up. And it was like the dot-com boom in the city at the time. Um, and so everyone was leaving like the big companies for startups and that was the big thing. So of course I did the same thing and mm. then lost my job, which I'm so glad I have that story. Cause I have a story of going to a, like working at a startup and walking in one day and they were like, yeah, we don't have payroll. <laughs> we don't have money. We're closing. And we were all just dumbfounded. Like what? Wow. And so then like leaving there and just being like, okay, now what? And that led me to a job that, and it was interesting. That was a moment where I thought, oh, okay, good. I'm going to find what I really want to do now that mm-hmm. I just got kicked out on the street of this job. But I didn't have that luxury because at that time, jobs were really scarce. Things were kind of blowing up in the city in the sense of like company, everyone was sort of getting laid off and 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 things. So I started contract work, which was really a really great gig, but they only wanted me to do it for so long. And then they wanted me to come on full time. And it was one of those things where I knew it wasn't the job for me, but I knew I didn't have many choices because um, as I was contracting, I was looking for other work to like fill the job that I really wanted to do and I couldn't find it. And so they gave me an ultimatum. And so of course I took the job because I didn't want to walk away from something that was supporting, you know, my lifestyle and, and everything. But I, I kind of knew it was going to not be the, the job for me. And the reason I say this is because this is the job that I ended up quitting um, and just making a real huge shift because as I, as I was growing with that job, I just was becoming more and more unfulfilled, more and more burned out, more and more unhappy. And it was one of those moments that I was 
you know, I was being passed over for um, promotions. The work I was doing wasn't being recognized and other people were getting the promotions. And I, I was like, this is baffling to me. Why am I working so hard? And, and just, yeah, I was just unfulfilled and just like, what's it all for? And I started having that self exploration at the time. And I started, you know, wondering, and I was miserable. You know, I really did have the Sunday blues. You know, when you go on Sunday, you just don't want the day to be over because you have to wake up and go to work on Monday. And, and I just was like sick of my life and hating it. And, and I was like, there's got to be more to this. And so I just started exploring. I got a coach. I went to a career class. And that was really the pivotal moment. So I joined this career class and I don't know what else to call it. It really was a career class. We did some, you know, some of those uh, scores to get our scores, you know, to find out what we were really supposed to be doing. And I was just like at my wits end. And in that class, I started it. And the first night, the woman said, you know, a lot of you are going to have a lot of change in the next six weeks. And we all sort of thought, "Mm, okay, whatever. And jump to the last session of that um, class, I actually quit my job on the sixth session of that class. Wow. And, and I realize now what happened um, in that class, but it was because I was ready and looking and wanting change and really trying to figure out what, what I needed to do and, and what it was that I could do to create a shift for myself. But I realized it was up to me. And so a lot of things kind of converged in those six weeks, but it just joining that class opened my world up to opportunities. And then I had to make some decisions and take some risks, but I was presented with some opportunities, just like, do it, why not? And so I I did. And so me doing that and quitting my job, and I quit my job without knowing what was on the other side. So I had decided to move back to Southern California. And when during that six weeks, I had come home to, I think, my niece's birthday party. And I was sort of falling apart, losing it, you know, like crying to my family, like, I don't know what to do. I'm so miserable and I'm unhappy and I hate my job. And, you know, what am I going to do from here? And where am I going to go from here? Because it just seems like dead end. And my dad just looked at me and was like, what's the big deal? Just quit your job. Big deal. And he made it seem so simple and wow. easy. I know. And I was like, what? Here I am doing everything I'm supposed to do, you know, like finish school, get a job, like do all these things, climb the ladder. And he just like gave me this permission that I didn't know I maybe needed. And I didn't realize I was making such a big deal of something. So because I felt like a real failure for quitting my job and not knowing where I was going from there, because I, you know, you for me, I thought or I I was brought up knowing there was always a plan and something in front of it. And, and I guess I hadn't been taking many risks, you know, like going, going and moving to San Francisco seemed like a risk, but then it was kind of easy and no big deal. I was doing it with friends, but you know, that opportunity to just sort of take a minute, take a beat and, you know, reassess what I wanted to do. So my intention was to quit and find my passion, like, you know, discover what I was really wanting to put out in the world and find my purpose. Even though that wasn't the language I was using at the time, I was just really wanting to do what I loved, you know, and I'm a creative person. And, and uh, I was kind of like, well, how do I transfer (laughs) throwing great parties into a job, you know, like event planning, maybe. And, and so I was sort of in that space of really wanting to explore the next steps of my career and what's possible. So I did 
quit and move back to Southern California. And I took some time and I explored and I went to the Interior Design Institute and explored, you know, that creative side of me. And then and then I did what every good girl does is go get a job <laughs> again. Yeah. You know, because I I was starting to, I succumbed to the pressure of people asking me what I was doing and kind of like, who do you think you are? But I had savings. And so I kind of was like, I'm okay. And I got a job, but thankfully I, I, um, I got chewed up and spit out of that job and it was eight months later I got laid off. And so then was when I was like, okay, now I'm really going to do what I intended on doing and explore. And then that has led me to the work I'm doing now, which is coaching podcasting. And, you know, again, I, I went to an entrepreneur class, um, in Southern California. So I live in Orange County and the class was in Los Angeles and I just decided to go. It was four weeks and I went with an idea for a business, which is not anything I'm doing now. I made some friends and the woman who was leading the the course said, do you want to run this Orange County? And I looked at her and I said, yeah, But I had no idea what that meant, like no idea. But what I realize now when I look back, it was that opening to the coaching, facilitating, interviewing people, speaking, because I ran the group. It was four-week workshops. I ran the membership group, which had monthly meetings where I had speakers that I interviewed. And so it just gave me this platform. And that's where I landed and was like, oh, this is what I love. This is what I love to do. Yeah. And before that, I had no idea. That's where I would be because I had a coach. But when I was in my coaching relationship, I never looked at her and thought, oh, I want to do what you do. Not once did I that's look so at her. That's so interesting because you hear that <laughs> from a lot of coaches who were like, I had a coach and I was just like, that's what I want to be doing. I mean, I actually, that, that's, that was what I felt. I was yeah. like, how do I make myself what he is? Um, can, I, can I stop and rewind? Like, there's so many points where I was just like, yeah. I want to jump in, but I don't want to stop the flow. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, there's, there's a lot of meat in that. And so I want to, I want to step back quite a ways. Um, early on, you had made reference to like all the, the pain that you had at the time that you went through, you know, in these jobs, this job that you didn't like, like you're, when you're talking about early on yeah. and this whole process. And yeah. I'm so curious with this notion of these painful processes, if we have to go through them. So, you know, a lot of people shy away from it. A lot of people say lean into the pain. Do you think that having that difficulty was a crucial piece of the puzzle for you? For me, it was because it pushed me out. It pushed me to make choices and do some things differently and take some risks. I think if I was maybe happier in some of those jobs or that maybe that last job, I wouldn't have taken the risk and felt pushed out. But I definitely was pushed by pain. You know, it's like you're pulled by that vision or you're pushed by pain. I was, I was definitely pushed by pain. And so I don't know if that's my personality. I mean, it's not everywhere in my life that that's the case, but in that case, I I really felt like I was suffering in those jobs. I mean, I can almost feel it like feeling the miserable sense of going to work. Like I haven't had that feeling in so long, but I really, I really kind of suffered because I felt like I just had, had to. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to pay my rent. I'm responsible. I, I have to stay here. And at the same time, I was looking for other jobs, um, but nothing was landing with me and nothing was working. And there wasn't a ton of opportunity to kind of make a big shift, you know, where it was like, take what zero experience 
into something new. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I want to become an event planner now, but I have zero experience in that. So it was hard to translate that. And so I think what for me, it was perfect because I needed to like rip the bandaid, take the risk and kind of tell the universe that I was serious about making a change and I needed it and I needed it to show up for me. I say that now in this language, but at the time I didn't realize that's what was going on, you know? Yeah. Well, so I appreciate that. And, um, I, I think pain's not such a bad thing, you know, as no. much as it hurts, like, yeah. and we don't tend to see that at the time, but what's interesting is there's some of us who are in pain, but are sort of numb to it and it's that mm-hmm. mindlessness. And so I, I think it's great that you were aware of it because if you, if you don't know about it, then you can't act. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's a, you know, it's a good thing in that kind of twisted sadistic way, but it is. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm curious, you know, when you, you had that really, that sick kind of feeling about that job where they gave you an ultimatum and like ultimatums are never a good sign. That's usually <laughs> like pretty big flag waving around. Hey, this is not a place you want to be. Yeah. But you said when you went back down to Southern California and you went into that, you know, like I'm being a, a good young adult and getting a job, like you still knew. Was it a similar kind of feeling? Did you have this, like, I have this gut feeling telling me this is wrong, but I'm just not going to listen to it. Was it the same sort of feeling or was it just different? You just didn't, you know, maybe not as strong, but just not great. It was, yeah, it wasn't a great feeling. It was definitely different. Um, It was more, I think, of pressure of, it was almost like societal pressure. Like, what are you doing? Get a job. (laughs) So, you know, I was exploring and I felt okay doing that. But um, I was feeling that pressure. And honestly, my coach at the time said the same thing to me. She's like, you need to get a job. And that was our last coaching session together because I felt completely unsupported by her. And I wasn't sure where that was coming from because I wasn't in a stressful situation like financially. So and it really kind of cut me off at the knees because I thought, oh, finally, I've, you know, given myself some grace and some uh, um, like independence to give the freedom to look for what I really want to do in love and take the time. And the pressure of people saying that to me, you know, family, and then my coach, I I was just like, oh, okay, I I guess that's what I'll do. So, you know, I I went on some great interviews, I had some great opportunities. um, But, you know, so I took a job, like that was the thing that I was supposed to do, you know, supposed to in quotes. And uh, it was the worst. I mean, I I got like a director level position. So it was a, you know, a step up and this the team that worked for me was terrible to me and I'm a pretty nice easygoing person. My boss was really weird and strange and I was just having this really strange experience with these people. And so it, you know, about a month into it I knew like oh no this was wrong and it was not the same kind of miserable because I felt like I was empowered um but I also knew it wasn't going to last long just I thought okay if I'm going to give this a little bit of time and then I'm going to like go do something else but in that time in within like 6 months I kind of knew the company was falling apart and then within 8 months I lost my job so I sort of just kind of at 6 months I knew that oh there's this opportunity I might be laid off and I'll just write it out and so I did um so that was kind of interesting mm. <laughs> But yeah, it was a different kind of pressure I succumbed yeah. to. And then in it, I didn't feel so like miserable because I knew I was empowered in it because I could leave if I wanted to. And yeah. if I quit that job, 
by my choice, my world wouldn't fall apart. Right, right. So yeah, I learned that from quitting my job with not knowing what was on the other side. Like, oh, I'm going to be okay. Like, this isn't my end all. And and it'll it'll be okay if I make this choice for myself. Right. That definitely teaches a good lesson if you choose to latch onto it. Um, yeah. And of course, if things didn't work out okay and, you know, you paid a big price, like lost your, your home or whatever, you know, couldn't pay your bills or whatever you were facing and didn't have a safety net or anything, yeah. then maybe you wouldn't feel that way about it. But you saw like, you know, this quote unquote terrible thing, actually, like, I'm still okay. Somehow I'm still alive. The sky didn't fall and the world's exactly. still spinning. Exactly. I, one of the things I'm really curious about is through these experiences, through this time where you were unhappy in this job and you clearly wanted out or these jobs, plural, um, how much did you feel this sort of tug or this, um, I don't know, like, uh, this pull that you have a gut feeling that's telling you one thing and yet you have the sense of obligation or the role of, you know, the good daughter or the, the good employee or whatever, you need to stick it out. Like how much were you mistrusting how you felt about it or ignoring it and just trudging through anyway? I mean, leading up to that, I was trudging to through anyways, like I was ignoring all of my instincts for sure. Um, because like maybe a year before I decided to quit my job, I had an opportunity to move to Southern California and I didn't take it. And one of my friends had said to me, like, if you don't take that, you know, you'll just be the first to go. But if you don't take it, you'll probably be the last to go, meaning at that time, my friends were starting to get married and move out of the city or get different jobs. And so lots of things were changing. And lo and behold, I didn't take it. And I and I, I guess I wasn't ready to be the first to go, you know, but I was the last to go. Like I was one of the last friends standing in the city. Mm. Um, and, and that was one of the reasons that contributed to sort of me being unhappy and and missing my tribe of friends and community. Um, because they had moved and, um, it just had changed. So it was interesting. Cause so I ignored my intuition and my instincts for a bit. And as I ignored them, the pain points got bigger and, mm. and more pressure. And looking back, I can see that now, you know, and I sort of pushed myself to the pain points that, yeah. you know, maximum pain, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I struggle, I did struggle with it. But I think I just ignored and didn't trust myself as much as I wish I would have. I wish I would have really tuned into myself. Um, but at the time, I was also exploring outside of myself. I wasn't really going inwards to find my answers. I was asking everybody to help me and support me and what should I do kind of thing. Um, and now I realize if I would have done a little bit more intuitive work at the time or just reflection, I would have really known where I, what I was looking for and where I was headed. Um, if I would have just like tuned in and listened to myself. Yeah. That's so you're a good guess. That's, <laughs> that's where I wanted to take it. Oh, um, <laughs> no, but like that's, I, I find that that's such a key issue is how much we don't trust ourselves and we yeah. look for someone else to give us the answer, whether it's because we don't believe in our expertise or for some people it's because they're, maybe they're looking for someone to lay blame on if it doesn't work out. You know, it's not that I took this bad job. It's that, you know, my parents told me I should take it. It's like, why right. did they do that? Or, you know, the, the doctor said, do this and now I'm sick or, you know, whatever it is, like we're, we don't trust our own judgment, our own decision-making. And we're always looking for someone else to give us the answer. 
And I'm, I'm really curious, I'm sort of jumping, fast forwarding all the, the next part of the story, but do you find in your coaching work that some of these pieces from your backstory are consistent themes in what you work with people on today? You know, they are. Um, I think we all sort of have that insecurity when we want to make a change or that self-doubt. And it always goes back to listen to yourself and and allow yourself to be quiet enough to listen to yourself and even ask that question like you were saying, like, were you pushed by pain or are you pulled by your vision and what's out of what's um, factoring heavily more heavily there, you yeah. know, and and sometimes we are pushed by pain until we can be inspired and find that vision for ourselves, because sometimes when we're in it, we're not inspired at all. Like I was and I was like, what? what am I going to do? Like, I'm not inspired to, you know, go sing for a living or, you know what I mean? It was, that wasn't really present for me. Um, at the time I needed to do some of that exploration, but at, when I allowed myself to go there, um, I, the opportunities came towards me, you know, when I said yes to things, then I saw, Oh, I'll go down that path. And then, then it came and met me, you mm. know, and, and I started realizing and finding the answers and, you know, I was mentioning before we started in the official conversation here, but one of the things after I had gone into entrepreneur group, I attended the women's conference and it was when Maria Shriver was in charge of wow. it in California. So it became this really amazing conference for women. And um, it was the governor's conference. It had been the governor's conference for women. And at that event, I um, went with some new friends and she read this Hopi poem. And it's a beautiful poem. And at the, the end of the poem, the very last line is, we are the ones we've been waiting for. And it, it still gives me chills when I say that line, because when I love that. Yeah. When she said that line, that is when I had like the biggest like aha moment. I was like, oh, I'm the one. I'm the one I've been waiting for. I am asking everybody for their advice and their opinions and their thoughts and their suggestions. And they all are good, but they don't always land right with me or, you know, I disagree or mm, I don't know. And it's because, you know, they're giving me from their perspective. And when she read that line and it was a poem that we was on our program. So we got to take it home with us. It just really landed like, Oh, I need to really tune into myself. I am the one I've been waiting for. And so I bring that into like my work, you know, you are the one you've been waiting for. Like, yes, we all need partners and help and support. But at the end of the day, I don't have the answers. You have the answers you already know. And sometimes we need to do a little clearing to get, you know, dust off the dust to get there. But um, we all have it. And I see that for myself, too, when I look back, like I have those answers. I knew I knew enough to at least go to a class to help me discover it or hire a coach to to help me explore. And then I think I gave too much of my power away to some of that, those people or the circumstances. Mm. And it's bringing it back to ourselves and really trusting ourselves when we do have the answer and then going for it and taking that risk, um, is that's a whole nother thing, the change, the risk, whatever, whatever that is for us in the moment of what it is we're creating, um, or doing or changing. So yeah, but yeah, I, I feel really strong that strongly about that. And then what's funny is that line has followed me in my world. So I'll be somewhere and someone will say it to me and I'm like, what did you just say? Or, 
I one time was at a spiritual center and it was this amazing gratitude event and we all wrote letters to each other. And there was like 1200 people in the room, passed our letters to the middle, sorted them around. You know, they got shuffled all around the room. The letter I got back, the very last line said, you are the one you've been waiting for. And I thought, out of all these people, why would I get that letter that says that? So, you know, it just, I constantly reminded that, oh yeah, I have all the answers. And not all the answers for everybody else, but all the answers for me. Right. I think that's really crucial is you're not yeah. saying that about you for the world. You're saying that about you for you. And it's it's whoever you may be. Exactly. Each of you out there. And that's yeah. that's the point of empowerment that I love so much about that phrase. And and I think we all forget a little bit. Or we maybe we don't forget, but we block it. That couldn't yeah. be. How could I yeah. possibly be good enough to help myself? Yeah, exactly. And I had a moment um, with a friend when I was starting a different business, the one I put into that group, it was like a, a baby blanket business. And we were talking about names for it. And I had this thought, I was asking her for her opinion about the name. And I already decided on the name, so I don't know why it came out as a question. And then her husband walked in the room and he gave me his opinion because I was asking a question and he gave it to me and he walked out and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't need to ask the the question this way anymore. I already know what I know and I know what I'm going to do. So I need to change it from a question to a statement because when you ask the question in that way, you get feedback and you get opinions and, and I was getting it and I was like, wait, I don't. I don't want that because I already know, but it was the way I was showing up. Right. And so then from that moment on, I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell people this is what I'm doing versus ask people what you think about what I'm doing. And for me, that was a moment of clarity because sometimes as a seeker or we are, you know, when we're looking for the answers, we do ask a lot of questions, but sometimes we don't need to, (laughs) we already know. And if you show up with a statement, people will confirm it for you or they'll give you a response or a reaction and you can go from there, but you're, you're showing up with the information already like kind of solidified and, and that feels better. And it feels like it's more grounded in who we are. And I think that helps in trusting yourself as well. Um, and I noticed for me, when I showed up in questions, I wasn't trusting myself, but I already knew that I didn't really want the person's feedback, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really interesting. You were sort of like in this dilemma point where yeah. you didn't have the confidence to stand tall as yourself, Yeah, but yet you had the desire to do it. Exactly, exactly. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right, so you... You have you go to this seminar in, in Orange County. Wait, it, you're from Orange County and it's in L.A. or other way around? Yeah, I'm from Orange County. It was in okay. L.A. So you go to the seminar in L.A. The woman's like, why don't you do this in Orange County or do you want to do this? And she asked it as a question. She wasn't making a statement yet, right? Right. So that opens the door to this new chapter? It did. It did. Because I said yes in the moment. I said yes. And what does that mean? And so we started laughing and she's like, okay, we're going to connect and meet about this. And it was a business opportunity, really. And then it opened the door for me to facilitate this women's group. So ultimately, I was coaching 10 women at a time for four weeks in this program. And I got to witness everybody showing up and being vulnerable and it was showing up with a business idea or a business already in play or wanting to take it to the next level, like different variations of your business. 
And so I got to support these women through that. And so for me, you know, I was just becoming an entrepreneur and I learned so much about, you know, the process. And I was also facilitating the process at the same time. The other funny thing about my story is I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So when I was wanting to quit my corporate job, I think that's why it was so easy for my dad to say, like, what's the big deal? Yeah. (laughs) And I just had this like, what is wrong with me in the sense of I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Of course, I'm uncomfortable in that corporate setting because something I was uncomfortable in it. You know, like I, I was felt I worked in a cubicle or an office and I felt like I was in a box, like physically I was and energetically I was. And so it was interesting that it never dawned on me before that moment to be an entrepreneur or to start my own business when I come from a family of that. So, and I come from a family of creatives, like crazy beyond extraordinary creatives. Mm. And it, it wasn't like I was trying to be different from them. It was just that I think the seeds were planted in me that it's easier to go get a job. It's easier to not do your own thing. Cause I, you know, I witnessed my family struggles through the year as an entrepreneur, you know, and having to do it all and cover it all and, and create everything yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was subconscious or what, but, um, yeah. So it was sort of like, I, I got this permission to be an entrepreneur and start my own business. So it was sort of funny. I came full circle without even realizing I was not in the circle, <laughs> Yeah, you know? So, well, and how did you feel in those first four sessions or four sessions, 10 women, right? Yeah. How did um, that feel? Cause that was totally new. You never done anything yeah. like that before. Were yeah. you like, this is my calling? You know, it was, I was excited by it and I felt it was my calling because I was good at it. I was naturally good at it and I didn't know I was going to be good at it. So Mm. I was nervous about stepping in and, you know, the woman I was doing it with, she partnered with me at first, she would show up, but then, you know, she set me free after like being there, maybe one, like the first or the second group, she set me free. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's setting me free. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? And that is when I learned just to trust myself and be in the moment. And I know that I'll have whatever the people need at the time. And if not, I can figure it out, right? And I was nervous, but there was something that was familiar and really comfortable um, in it for me. And I was getting feedback, like people were really enjoying it or that they appreciated what I had said. And, you know, every session I I showed up and I didn't have a script. I mean, there was a a format to it, but there was not a script for it. And so it was so interesting when I trusted myself and said something about whatever con like topic at the time, uh, that someone at the end would always say, I can't believe you said that. Cause it's exactly what I've gone through or exactly what happened to me. And it was always something different. So I started learning to trust in whatever wanted to come through me because it, it, there was something there for people. And that was really interesting. So, you know, it sort of trained me to trust myself and to just be open to the experience and and hold space for people. And that's something I do anyways with friends and family and, and people. That's just like my nature. And it's so interesting because it's exactly what I wanted to do, finding a career that was came natural to me and was easy for me uh, instead of like bumping up and doing things the hard way. And that's exactly what I fell into was something that came natural to me. So yeah, at first it was... A little nerve wracking, but I got into the rhythm of it really quickly because I really enjoyed it. 
That's awesome. I think the reasons why you liked it are the things people should latch on to. And, and the reasons why you didn't like the prior work is in so much of my career coaching work that I do with people, this is exactly what they're battling is, yeah. you know, it's a question of how much they're in touch with how unhappy they are, but they know something's not right. And this isn't what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of them, like you, they don't necessarily know what the, the dream job actually looks like. Mm-hmm. They just know it's not where they're at now. And that's a, that can be a pretty scaring and involved process of going through the self-discovery enough to figure out what you want to do, if that's even going to get you there, because you may not even realize what the options are. Yeah, um, yeah. So I definitely like, you know, I, I see people struggle with the current job situation, how awake they are to the pain and understanding what it is specifically that's not fitting for them, because that can help you understand where you should head. But then taking that leap and I mean, you did that multiple times. Good for you. And it's, <laughs> it's great that you had, you know, your father's support. I think that that's like the least likely place most people would get that kind of support. And right. certainly for me, it's like, what do you, you know, you have to work. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I've had that too, you know, like the get a job line came from <laughs> my dad when I was, I think turned 16, get a job. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. okay. <laughs> Let me go figure that out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. And I think, you know, we do struggle it, with it and just because we're good at something doesn't mean we have to do it. Yeah. You know, like I was good at all the jobs that I was working in. That's why I had gotten them and stayed with them and maybe got some promotions just to tease me along the way. But uh, I learned, you know, just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I have to stick to it. There's so many things we're all good at and that we can excel at. And and if we allow ourselves that chance to do that exploration, you know, like you don't have to quit your job like I did because I know I was pretty dramatic about it. Um, but I will say when we start moving in the direction of our our purpose or our why or our bigger impact that we want to do and create in the world, it comes towards us, you know, and, and situations will realign to allow us to have that, like people getting laid off and losing jobs, or or it's just like the wildest things happen. And I witnessed that. So it was funny. I took that six week course and the woman said, you know, people are going to quit their jobs and funny things are going to happen. And then I quit my job six week mark. Another woman Another woman walked in and quit her job that same day. There's a guy in the class that was freaking out. He's like, I can't believe you guys quit your jobs. But it just sort of unfolded that way. And then here I go to facilitate this women's entrepreneur group. And women were in all kinds of different situations. Some had jobs part-time, some were full-time in their own business. But I would witness people also quitting their jobs or getting laid off or like just all these things. And I started realizing it's, this opening that happens for you and you can take it or not, and you can make it mean what you want it to mean or not. But when you start actively moving and pursuing, you know, your life in a new way or your career in a new way, things start shifting and moving. So it happens for you. And sometimes it is a little painful when it happens. And in the midst of that pain, you're like, this isn't how I thought this would work out for me. Um, but on the other side of it is where you're like, Oh, now I get it. So for me, that's kind of what happened when I quit, moved back down here. Then I got another job. Then I got this, I went to this class and then this opportunity opened up, you know? So it was just like, okay, now I get it. The puzzle pieces are starting to fit because sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense when it's happening. Do you, do you think that there's something not quite prescriptive, but you know, you went through quite a process. A lot of it was sort of like through the experience, you learn things. Is there, is there a way to pull it out? 
So, you know, I can think of people you might be coaching or, or just people listening who are going through it. Like, is there a way for them to figure out how to bring this into their life if they're not, maybe not going through what, what you went through and having that, you know, it's a long journey to get there. Yeah. So what yeah. are the, what are the takeaways that people can say like, okay, I know this isn't working. How do I figure out where to go? Yeah. I would say first thing is like the awareness of the situation. Are you unhappy? What's missing for you? Sometimes it's in your work. Sometimes it's in your relationship. Sometimes it's in your relationship with yourself, you know, like your health and well-being. So notice what feels like you're, you're being pushed in what area is feeling uncomfortable and awaken to that. Like you said, like we have the first step is awakening and awareness. And if you're feeling sort of something's off, start that exploration. Like, could it be, you know, the job you're in? Could it be the business that you're in? Could it be, you know, if you're in your own business, like something that you're maybe trying to do too much in it, you know, just start exploring and, and allow yourself to get to the answer. Uh, you don't necessarily have to figure out the answer, but allow the answer to come to you. So being mindful of how you're reacting or responding in situations, whether something feels good or doesn't feel good, I think when that can really measure and give us a temperature of where we are, you know, just really noticing how we're feeling in situations. For me, I felt really miserable on a Sunday night knowing I had to go to work on Monday. Like it was really clear. That's such you a know, telltale. Yeah. Yeah. Like you might feel really uncomfortable walking into maybe a class you're teaching, or you, you might feel really, you know, just dis have a discomfort walking to talk to a friend. You know what I mean? Like we all know when we're like, oh, you know, we have that feeling and it's like not to be touchy feely, but it's like, feel those feelings, let those feelings be there and notice. Yeah. where they are and where they're landing in your life. And those are the areas to give attention. So that, that awareness there. And then once you know, cause it's probably not all areas of our lives, right? It's sometimes it crashes down in all areas really to get our attention, but most likely it's not that. And so just notice and then pick the one that maybe feels like the one you want to really pursue because it has the, the biggest weight on you, yeah. you know? So I think that's a really, really great place to start. It is important to note you, you listed a bunch of things that are not job, you know, yeah. they're not career. And that's, um, I, I definitely find myself talking to people about this idea that like, we're not compartmentalized and things that are around values and preferences and passion or, or what actually interests us. That's not just about your career or a relationship or a, like your life is, is a holistic thing. Yeah. So one aspect does spill into the others, but when you do that self-exploration, that discovery of what you actually care about, you may find changes beyond just the one thing that may have started you on that path of self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we discover our, our passions in that, like sometimes we're unhappy at work because we're not happy in a relationship. Right. You know, and, right. and we might be you, when you're, you have that balance in your like home life and your relationships and your, and your, and your business or your job, you see all areas, um, excel, you know, like we, I think we, we've all experienced that when some one area is good, it sort of gives momentum in other areas. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it it is, it's about kind of looking in all areas. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's really great. So you, would you say that, you know, through this whole process, all areas have moved for you or is there, are there places that 
went on a different path or you still struggled with, even though this, you know, this, this one major area was moving in the right direction or a better direction? You know, I, you know, it's funny. I, um, I, you know, I, I'm like everyone else. I have issues in certain areas and other areas, but the thing that I think I've learned about myself is having the courage to look at the areas and, and do something about it sooner rather than later. So, you know, like more recently in relationships and being in maybe the wrong relationship and walking away, you know, and having Mm. the courage to be like, this isn't serving me. And you know what? when that relationship was sort of bringing me down and it was taking all my energy and and it just was like really sucking the life out of me, I, even though I love my work, it was really hard for me to show up in my work and then really hard for me to show up in interviews, right? So having a podcast and scheduled interviews, but what's really also brilliant about maybe doing the work that you love is that it supports you. So, you know, if I was having a really interesting or bad day, or looking into my schedule for tomorrow, I would see, oh, I've got these interviews. But when I showed up in them, they supported me. Yeah. Um, because, you know, for me, I'm like, kind of like you having these inspired conversations that give you these tips and tricks and tools and people's stories to help lift you up and find something that can maybe elevate you. And so for me, they always elevated me. And I was like, wow, how did that happen? (laughs) How did I know that I needed that scheduled on this particular day? I didn't know this was going to happen this week. So, you know, it's, it's interesting how life will support you. Career will support you when you really step into it and allow it. So I think, you know, have all areas of my life been rosy? No, not necessarily. You know, I've got my stride with my business and my coaching and feeling the confidence around who I am and what I do and how I do it with my clients. Same with my podcast. And then also now, you know, leaving behind some bad relationships and okay, now there's this area to, um, you know, notice that's not been great and what I want to bring to it too. So I think it's always about evaluating what's worked and not worked and then taking that and using that information so you don't make the same mistakes twice, you know? Yeah. Or yeah, three times or four times. That's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. A hundred times. <laughs> and that's that's called being human. Like that's completely right? fine. It's it's yeah. your choice to not beat yourself up for it. Just learn from it and move forward. And yeah. Um yeah. I, like well, nobody's perfect. It really doesn't right. matter how we seem on the outside or what someone else's perception of us is like, we all have struggles. We all have ups and downs. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you sharing about that. Other than listening to inspired conversations, which of course I will link to. And, um, it, it's like, I was going to say it's inspiring and that's kind of like defining <laughs> word with a word, but it is, it's great. Yeah. Like it's, it's very well named their conversations. They're inspiring, but it's awesome. You've got some fantastic guests and you do a great job pulling them out, pulling out, you know, their, their message, their learnings, their ideas. So, um, people should definitely check that out. Where else can people find out more about what you're doing and look into your services? Yeah. Thank you so much for, for that. And so you can find me just at amyschuber.com and on social at Amy Schuber and inspiredconversations.net. So yeah, that's kind of where I hang out around my name. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thank you very much for being on and sharing your journey with us. Cause there's, there's definitely like, there's a lot of lessons in there and it's also 
you know, there's, there's plenty of people out there who have these incredible stories of, you know, death defying feats and, and a lot of us don't go through that, but we do go through, you know, long drawn out career struggles and taking leaps of faith or being too scared to do that and having that self doubt and wishing for more self-confidence. And, um, you're just really honest about all that. And I think it's stuff that it's, I'm hard pressed to imagine anyone not identifying with that. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I appreciate you sharing your story today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me to have the chance to share. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cool. Well, with that, I think people have got some good nuggets for them to, <laughs> uh, to move forward. So today's a new day. <laughs> Go out and do it. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. That's Amy Schuber. How awesome was that? So definitely follow her up, amyschuber.com, inspireconversations.net, at Amy Schuber, at, you know, like every social media, um, social media site there is. Um, she's great. And she just gets some incredible guests on her show. She's closing in on 400 episodes. She might even be past it by the time this comes out. So there's just, there's a ton that you can get out of what Amy's putting out there. Um, and I, I really appreciate her openness today, talking about her journey, because I think it's one that so many of us really, really relate to. And that's important because if you're going to take a lesson away, it's really helpful to start from a place where you can be like, yeah, that's that's my life. I get it. I get why this matters. If nothing else, I know I keep saying it and I keep coming back to it. But that quote from that Hopi poem that you are the one you've been waiting for, it's not quite the quote from the poem. It's an interpretation of it, make it more personal. But you are the one you've been waiting for. Take that in, think about that, reflect on it, and ask yourself, are you feeling that way about you? Are you feeling that kind of confidence and power in yourself? If you're not, you need to. So I'm really appreciative for Amy being on the show today and sharing all that inspiration. And you can, of course, get even more inspiration on this whole Better You theme from Do A Day. So go to doadaybook.com, pick up the book, whether it's an audio form or the ebook or the print book, whatever way you want to consume it, get it, get the message if you haven't yet and take it into your life because there is a better path in front of you if you're willing to wake up and do it. I'm Brian Falchuk. I really appreciate you joining me again today and I hope that you have an incredible day, an incredible life and I'm not going to leave you with a quote about do a day. I'm going to go right back to Amy's quote because it's awesome. You are the one you've been waiting for. Thanks, everyone.